3: The NFL podcast can drop mad bars on a rap verse. Welcome
4: to another edition of the Around the NFL podcast, presented by the United States Marine Corps. My name is Dan Hanses, coming to you from a virtual room filled with some heroes: Greg Rosenthal, Mark Sessler. What is up, boys? Big week. I
5: remember, uh, like a couple weeks ago. No offense, Mark, but you know, we led the preview show with Colts Browns. And it's like, now we got six games better than that. This is a big week. Uh,
1: none, no offense taken. You know, As my, you know, my, my team took an
5: ultra-dirt nap a week ago, and they've
1: somehow been erased from the landscape.
4: <laughs> Maybe they'll be back. You know, everything could change very quickly, Mark. Yes, this is week seven, the preview uh, for the Around the NFL podcast. You're going to get a recap uh, from uh, Greg and a mystery guest, Giants-Eagles, uh, which leaves us. All right. A little rusty here. Thirty-two teams. <laughs> Four teams on by. Two teams already played. Leaves us with twenty-six teams divided by two. Thirteen games to talk about. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Take
1: Dad, that, it New is York. you know, you, you college baby. You didn't do the math before the show. You, you had like four or five days before the show here to figure out the math versus now.
4: <laughs> well, that that would be cheating, you know. That that was all in real time, and that was special for me. And I'm proud um, to see improvement in 2020, <clears throat> a year where not many things have improved. But, boys, let's get into it. And you know how we do it every week. It's draft style. Uh, picking uh, every game. We we'll also have our locks of the week. Uh, and that. That's a very uh, that's a very big uh, competition between us. Uh, but before we get to that, I want to talk about a little bit of Ravens news, boys. Mm. Yannick Ngakwe, now a member of the Baltimore Ravens, traded uh, by the uh, Minnesota Vikings. So he does a quick quick stopover with the Vikings, who nosedive this season and are are now looking toward. Uh, 2021, and Ngakwe gives the Ravens a proven pass rusher, which, Greg, that's a player they needed.
5: They do. You know, I think people outside of Baltimore probably don't realize how much their pass rush has struggled this year And when they're not blitzing. Uh, Matthew Judon's probably not going to be there long term, so maybe Ngakwe is. And you only gave up a third and fifth round pick. In the event that they don't sign Ngakwe, there's a chance they could get a compensatory pick a year later anyway, so they're they're almost getting them for free. And uh, it says more about the Vikings, who were willing to give up a second-round pick a month ago. Now they move back around, maybe a round and a half, considering these two teams are very different. They're giving up on this season. They're looking to next year, and it makes me think Rick Spielman, their GM, and Mike Zimmer, uh, their coach, who both got contract extensions before this year, I feel like they're they're safe. Like and I would have assumed I would have thought they would have been safe but to be making moves like this where they're almost trying to get worse for 2020 makes me think they're probably safe and they're, they've been given some assurances uh, that they're going to get to see this rebuild all the way through.
4: Maybe. Hmm.
1: That's, that's interesting. I think it also depends what happens between now and the end of the season in terms of safety. But you know, they've kept Rick Spielman around through um, various regimes. I think part of the equation here, and, and Spielman mentioned this today, was that Daniel Hunter, he is having surgery for a herniated disc, knocking him out for the year, and their whole plan all along was to have Ngakwe and and hunter together and and that plan has hmm. completely fallen apart so, so i guess you know it's Well, no, I'm just saying it's easy to pile on the Vikings, but maybe they thought, look, Ngakwe's not here long-term in our eyes, and so we got something back. But you'd have to look at guys like Anthony Harris, their safety, and other players that maybe could be available before the trade deadline. If if further moves happen for Minnesota, they're telling us we are giving up on this season. I mean, they look like they've given up on the
4: field to me half the time. No, even if they haven't given up, they've lost so many games now, they're they're pretty much cooked as it is. But, uh, yeah, nice pickup by the Ravens. Uh, All right. Let's get to the week 7 action now and I have the first overall pick and I'm very uh happy to I'm running to the podium uh, to hand in the ticket for Steelers Titans. Oh my goodness, battle of the last two undefeated teams in the AFC and uh this is a great game. Not just because uh they're undefeated, not just because They're ranked number two and number three in the old Zeusers power rankings. Although that feels like the driving momentum behind this game, Uh, I I feel like what this is is like a really hard game to pick because Ryan Tannehill and Derrick Henry and the Titans offense looked so unstoppable uh, this past week. And, you know, everyone is on fire, obviously, and rightly so about. Derek Henry going off for 264 yards from scrimmage. But, you know, kind of the biggest takeaway for me the last couple of weeks is that Ryan Tannehill is not just the guy that's going to approach his play from last year, but looks like the same guy. So it's like, okay, so you have Tannehill playing at an all-pro level. Uh, And then you put him into this mix with this great, solid, all-around team. And Mike Vrabel, who's got this team coached up very well, against the Steelers, who are another team that's clicking right now on both sides of the ball. So you got Tannehill in the Titans' offense. you got Minka Fitzpatrick in the Steelers' defense. You have no Taylor Luan at left tackle for uh, the Titans after a torn ACL. You have no Devin Bush uh, in the front seven for the Steelers after a torn ACL. What an even, fun game. The ACL mm. stuff not fun. Everything else, I love it.
5: Yeah, you usually trust the team that's better, you know, offensively and the better quarterback. And it's so weird that that's obviously the Titans. I mean, I, I, think the Steelers offense has been fine. And James Conner looks a lot better, uh, in mid October than he did in mid September. And that's big for them. And Ben hit a, Big Ben hit a couple long, uh, throws last week against the Browns, but he's more of a game manager. You, you hit it with Tannehill. He's a, he's a different player than he was a year ago because, Tannehill is getting it done, not just in play action, but he's not making mistakes in the straight dropback game. And there are some big time differences, I think. He's not taking sacks anymore. And man, he's amazing against pressure. And this is the game where that is going to be an ultimate test because no, no defense. Uh, with, you know, that gets more pressure than the Steelers. No defense has more guys that deserve double teams. Stephon Tuitt and Cameron Hayward tortured your Browns last week, Mark. And it's like you don't even have to think about Dupree and Watt on the outside. Like those guys on the inside alone deserve double teams. And it's really hard to know who to stop with this Pittsburgh defense.
1: It it makes it a fascinating matchup. I mean, I I watched left guard for the Browns, Joel Batonio, who has been a rock for years, get pretty handled by Cam Hayward. Tannehill is a different quarterback than Baker Mayfield against pressure, though. I mean, we've been seeing this for week after week. He is willing to take a massive shot as he unfurls a deep dart into the end zone and it's complete. When I think about Tannehill, it's kind of like this brings hope to us all. You can be relatively average in your job for eight years and then suddenly become a fascination (laughs) to the eyes. And when I think of... Derek Henry, it's like, what does he remind me of? It's like if you cut a wall out of your house and dropped it off a 90-story building to the ground, that's what he feels like running downhill. And the combination of these two and their offensive line, the way that their interior line is beating broke <laughs> my. You broke, my,
4: you broke we, my brain with that house and 90-story building thing. I'm still trying to figure I, it out.
1: Honestly, like I was showing some clips of this to my wife Simone, and I don't know if she was um, intrigued by my analysis. Ah, but it's just what it looked like to me—like <laughs> just gigantic, a gigantic bean coming down the hill at you, two hundred miles an hour. And it shows. I mean, he wears teams down. This is a fascinating matchup because the Steelers, what they're good at. They are good at week after week. I trust them to be. I honestly, I think they're better than the Ravens. I think that mm. they, on offense are being a little bit underrated because they have such a rich variety of weapons. And Big Ben is Big Ben, but guy like Ch- guys like Chase Claypool make this a completely different attack. They're fun to watch. This is a crazy game. I can't wait to see it's it. Like
4: baby, dim the lights. I have some Derrick Henry highlights to show you. Hey, it's more impressive than my highlights. So you know, I, no one's complaining. Um, Derek Henry. He for if you're of a certain age, I think about Bo Jackson. I think about uh, Herschel Walker. Just like, how are you that fast and that strong? How can you be bigger than everyone and faster than everyone, especially on that 95 yard run, Greg? I am. I, it does not go unnoticed, Greg. Year after year, you know, you don't like Ben Roethlisberger. You have an issue with him. All sorts of issues. What I have been a bigger fan of him than anyone on the show. I wrote a whole article. Wait a second. Time out. Time out. Last week it was he was big breeze. This week now he's been downgraded to a straight game manager. Next week he's going to be you know uh, you know Joe Flacco lever level backup scrub. Where what's going on here, man?
5: I, I wrote guy a huge piece on NFL.com saying he was the most underrated quarterback of his generation. Like, he's been a top five quarterback forever, but he's a different player this year. And he, I thought he showed some things last week, hitting some throws down the field, but they're they're a different offense. They're not built around Ben anymore. And that, that's why I have a really hard time picking this game, because usually you trust offense, uh, but wow, like this is such a test of how good the Steelers' defense really is. Tony Romo... Uh, I thought made a great point last week. The only way to beat them is not side to side; it's running straight at them. And who runs straight at you better than Derrick Henry? Like who hits deep shots better uh, than Ryan Tannehill? Where I think the secondary for the Steelers has some weaknesses. So we're going to need the old Big Ben back out there. It's more a guy that I loved them in the past, Dan, I, and I want to okay. see that guy Pat. I want to see him. This is back. just this is
4: back. not just you. I'm seeing this pop up on football Twitter. That It's kind of like all these subtle little shots that Big Ben's actually not that good this year. He's just kind of cruising along. And when I watch the games, I see a guy, maybe the numbers aren't there yet, but I think he is still, he's much mm. more than a game manager. I think he's a huge plus player, uh, and you're going to continue to see it this year. I don't know. One of us will be right. Well, you I think, think he's terrible? I think, terrible. People I think will... he's, he's still very good.
1: People will be won over when he is victorious in the AFC title game. I mean, I think this is a, a Mike Tomlin, Big Ben special this season. I can just feel it right. within that they, they are won a Super Bowl with him as a game manager. Expects.
5: They won a Super Bowl with him as a game manager, Dan. It can be done, but I think he'll get better. I'm not, I'm not on the anti-Big Ben side. Don't. Okay. I see what you're doing. You're trying to paint me in a corner. I'm taking the Steelers to win this game. We should pick it. How
1: yeah, let's
4: it? pick it. So you got the Steelers. What about you, Mark?
5: I'm going to go Tennessee
1: by one point on a last-second field goal.
4: Mm. I'm kind of with you. I'm feeling you. I'm feeling the same thing. Very close game. Give it to the home team to pull it out. Oh, can't wait. That's That's Andrew Luck in 2012. That's what that is. That's Joe Burrow in 2020. That's Trevor Lawrence to the New York Jets in 2021. (laughs) Up next in the draft, Greg Rosenthal. All right, I'm glad I can take
5: Patriots 49ers off the board before Ooh. any of you cools do it cuz it's a big one, one. Greggy, you need they, it, Greggy. they need it. The Patriots do not want to fall to 2-4, and four, but you know what? You the 49ers need really need it, too. Uh, they could fall under 500, and I'm fascinated to see two teams that I don't really trust either quarterback, so I don't trust their team as a whole. I know Jimmy G had a nice schemed-up game last week, and they worked it out. That's going to be tough to do week after week, but I'm looking at Cam Newton and the Patriots as the passing attack that is the even bigger concern this week. Because if you go back to Cam Newton's last game uh, before he played the Broncos, it was a against the Raiders, he really struggled throwing the ball in that game. So I don't know if you can put everything on him missing practice and not having been conditioned going into the Broncos game. That's a factor. But a lot of it was him not being confident in his offense. There were some open receivers that he didn't pull the trigger. Uh, There was a chance to win the game late where he has a couple open receivers. Again, just holds on to it. It makes sense. He's new in this offense. He's not comfortable. But if they don't get up to speed soon i don't think it's going to happen because the running game it's good but defenses have really shut down the read option plays since week 1 and so they need cam newton to start finding their receivers mark I'm with
1: you. I, 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 yeah, we always talk about the Patriots taking a leisurely month to figure out who they are on offense. Well, I don't think that that journey is over by any stretch of the imagination, unless they want to be an attack centered around Ryan Izzo. There's a lot of Ryan Izzo in our life right now, and I, it's a very um, odd group of skill position players. And, you know, a guy like Julian Edelman, who, when I watched the Seahawks game, he shined in that game, and so did Cam. You thought that was the way forward. I mean, he's just vanished, and they're resorting there to bizarre trick plays at the end of the game but then I flip it over to Jimmy G and I you know watching that Rams game on Sunday night here's a guy who threw beyond the line of scrimmage twice I mean they are leaning on yards after the catch and they've got some guys that can make that productive and they they thumped the Rams in that first half so I mean you know it's called scheme right there but I have to wonder if a Bill Belichick has special knowledge of Jimmy G and and, you know and maybe maybe that's a little x factor here but secondly does uh, Shanahan really trust Jimmy G? I don't see this uh, passing attack telling me yes on that one.
4: Yeah, I think there might be a little issue there between coach and quarterback at San Francisco, but also we know that he's safe because we've seen the options behind Jimmy G. That It's funny because we just talked about Where Big Ben fits is he, you know, a high-end game manager. That's what I see uh, Jimmy G as. And when he's healthy and the opponent is right, he could carve up anybody against good competition. He he should be okay, but he's not a guy that maybe lifts you to the next level. And with the Patriots, it's like, man, this is why Tom Brady struggled so much last year. They didn't put anything around him. There's, There's no explosive playmakers. And Cam Newton is back there holding the ball, waiting for guys to get open. And you just put your quarterback in such a tough situation, Greg. And, yes, that's that's how the league works. Everybody saw, okay, the Patriots are going to try to turn themselves into this read option, run Cam into the ground, go nuts. Well, the NFL adjusts. So if they're taking that away, we're kind of back to square one, not at the same level because Tom Brady obviously was a statue in the pocket, but where they're going to struggle to score points on a consistent basis. They they will. I mean,
5: this is – uh, a team that's good at stopping the pass, not necessarily good at stopping the run. So the 49ers look at that. They think this is a good matchup. And the Patriots, it has to be mentioned, have had all sorts of offensive line issues. They lost uh, Illuminor, right. who was ranked as a top 10 tackle on PFF. He's going to injured reserve. But they do... Get back! It sounds like Shaq Mason and David Andrews this week return to practice, and that's huge. Last week against the Broncos, the Patriots only had uh, a single offensive starting lineman in the same spot that they started the year, and so that's going to help them. But they have to win games different ways, and and usually Belichick has the edge with the coaching matchup. But I don't know. Patriots fans know what I'm talking about. Think back to the early 2000s. Who was the one coach? That you knew was going to give Belichick's defense, even at their peak, all sorts of problem. It was the mastermind, Kyle, uh, Mike Shanahan, and Kyle Shanahan <laughs> does a lot of the same stuff. I don't really trust Bill Belichick in a Belichick. Man, you're Shanahan shook, Greg. Matchup.
4: I don't even oh, need to heart. ask your P scale right now at the Patriots because it is, you're, you're in a bad way. You're nervous. You, I've been saying they're not special anymore. And now I'm starting to hear it creep into your mind, the doubts. <laughs> Are the Patriots just another all ran team? Is this the time now? Is it time to say goodbye to all the wonderful uh, gallops into January? Mm. I think it is. And I think you, you're seeing it's early. it. early. It's week six. They're gonna not they, that early. Gonna,
5: week seven. They got a time. They got time to prove themselves. But this is a big one. That's why I wanted it. All right.
1: I do not count out Bill Belichick in October. That feels like a, a perilous move. In but that is sort of your
4: move. Well, no. It's also like you mentioned, uh, Mark. You're like, oh, the Patriots. They always figure it out after September. That was the old Patriots. This is feels now. That was then. Let's move on, Mark. You're up next in the draft.
1: All right, well, I am quite annoyed that Greg took the game that I was, uh, was quite fascinated with. But I'm going to go Green Bay at Houston, another very interesting matchup. I don't think the Texans, uh, they feel like a weird team that could suddenly pull off like four wins in a row. I don't think it's happening this week necessarily. This is a good bounce-back spot for Green Bay after getting thumped by Tampa Bay last week. They're not dealing with the Bucks defense this time around. I mean, this Houston defense is a hot mess. You can run on them, uh, you can pass on them, you can do whatever you want, you can have your fancy. So I think this is a good... <laughs> (laughs) job for Aaron Rodgers for Aaron Jones the whole crew to get back on track because you know it feels like in 2020 like rest in peace defense in general because the Packers have issues of their own and you're going to have these games where when a good one lines up like the Bucks did you know I could come out of that really concerned about putting pressure on Aaron Rodgers and what that might mean for Green Bay's overall attack but I just want to give some of these teams kind of a A mulligan. I just think that Green Bay is more the team that we saw before that. Green Bay's defense, though, whether you measure it by deep metrics or just the naked eye, they are struggling. I mean, they, last right. year it was all about Aaron Rodgers saying, "Hey, we finally have a defense." Well, now you finally, definitely do not. In the pass <laughs> rush, it's not there. Um, they are just—they are not able to stop much at all. So this feels to me like shootout central. I don't know uh, who will win this thing. I'm not—that I'm not the greatest predictor on earth, but I, my trust is with Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers.
5: Sneaky good game. I mean, Deshaun Watson, yeah. I think, is playing awesome right now. Lights out, really, the last three or four weeks. And you bringing up the Packers' defense makes sense to me, Mark, because if you look at their DVOA, the Packers' defense is actually ranked below the Texans' defense. They're 30th in the league. That's how bad they are. And if you watch Watson, you know, he's on point. He's making good decisions. I think he actually has a greater depth of offensive playmakers around him uh, than Aaron Rodgers does. Now, he doesn't have Devontae Adams, and he doesn't have Aaron Jones. He certainly doesn't have the running game. Uh, But I think this Texans offense can move the ball quite well. I'll be watching Bradley Roby in this matchup. He is one of the rare cornerbacks in the league that matches up against the uh, opposing number one, and that's a tough matchup. You'll see it on the other side, too. Probably Jair Alexander against Will Fuller. So Roby versus Adams, I I don't know. Adams, to me, is probably going to cook him up in this matchup and Rogers really gonna need it because I think he's missing uh, some of the depth with Alan Lazard out right now.
4: Yeah, this podcast is kind of like a microcosm for the greater NFL world's viewpoint of the Packers right now because, you know, what team perception wise was hurt more by a game than the Packers in week six? Because we went into thir- first four weeks. They're playing incredible football, uh, on offense, especially not turning it over, running the ball, passing the ball, defense getting the stops. And they're just, they're cruising to wins, uh, to start the season. They hit their bye. And now after this game, it's like it, it's, Welcome back all those doubts again about the Packers and uh, last season, you know, when they were 13 and three, but didn't get any love uh, from certain groups who thought they were an overrated team. Mark, you were one of them. Now is it time to start looking at them that way again? One thing I didn't like, I really didn't like how the Packers just kind of laid down they got bullied a little mm. bit for the first time on the offensive line which had been so good to start the season and and Aaron Rodgers and the whole team just kind of like put up the white flag to the point where Aaron Rodgers was on the bench midway through the fourth quarter against Tampa so now that you've taken the shot confidence wise as a team which version of the packers shows up uh in Houston because i agree with you guys i don't think the texans are a good team or a a, a top 10 t- team in the afc but they're going to hang because mm. they have a superstar quarterback so i i'm with you shootout city
5: you know, so one of the reasons Deshaun Watson Dan has been playing so well is because of his left tackle Laramie Tunsil, who you came at me on Twitter. You said I have a complicated relationship with him. I was, you know, I was a little hard on Tunsil in the off season because he led the league in penalties, pre-snap penalties. I thought if you're the highest paid tackle, don't lead the league in penalties. Well, you know how many penalties he has this year? Zero. And people, I trust uh, Brandon <laughs> Thorne on Twitter. PFF's rankings have him as the number one left tackle in the league. This matchup could involve the two top left tackles in the league if David Bakhtiari is healthy enough to play. So, you know, players get better. Laramie Tunsil making the leap worth all the money. Bill O'Brien, genius general (laughs) manager after all.
4: All right. Okay. It's just, that yes, he, he had a, a strong year last year as well, had some, Penalties, and I just felt like you'd been up and down on him in general, and now that that tweet jumped out to me, and I said, "Let me engage in your mentions," and then you were so fired up and angry that I dared to do that, you didn't even reply. So
5: I didn't get the rest. I didn't see it till hours later. As if we hadn't worked like together even, for seven
4: years and even capacity. you bother.
5: I wanted You're to save it like for a, the show. This is egg. gold. This is Gold Rayer. You know who didn't engage at all was Jadevian Clowney going against Laramie Tunsil last week. I've never seen someone make Jadevian Clowney look like a little kid as much as Tunsil did. It's
4: crazy. Uh, Jadevian Clowney, that's a whole other topic.
5: All right, up
1: next in the draft, Mark Sessler. How about this, guys? We will go Seattle at Arizona. And this game, to me, here's another defense with the Seahawks that concern me. I mean, they are 28th in sack rate. In the NFL, they are not getting to the quarterback. Uh, You've got to deal with DeAndre Hopkins and Kyler Murray, who is an absolute magician on the ground. But I'm watching this Cardinals offense sometimes, and I think that they're still in search of themselves too. I don't, I don't entirely trust them. I don't think that they played especially well against the Jets a couple weeks ago. They weren't magical last week. They just do some things really well. Uh, At that said, I mean, you know what I feel about the Seahawks guys. I feel like every Seahawks game is essentially the same. They can get into <laughs> trouble. They will play. You know, they against the Vikings. I think they played their worst half of the season. But there's something about the Seahawks that they can overcome that kind of a half. And so this is, to me, a sort of an acid test for the Cardinals. I know they beat they beat Seattle a year ago, but I'm not sure I trust this Cardinals offense more than I did the Cardinals offense from last season.
5: Hmm. Yeah, I don't either. They, they're a strange team, the Cardinals. They're 4-2. and two you got to give them some credit for that. They're an organization that has not won a lot of games in recent years, so they're beating bad teams. Uh, they've had the fourth easiest schedule in the league so far this season, and now it gets a lot tougher. I think the Kyler Murray scramble right now is pretty much the most unstoppable play in football. I, right. I, I saw people like kind of getting on the Cowboys' defense for not being ready for some of the scramble. It's like no one is ready for that. But can you do that quarter after quarter? Uh, I, I don't trust it as much as those Seahawks receivers going up against these Cardinals cornerbacks. Patrick Peterson has not played that well this year. Drake or Patrick has not played that well this year. And you have to just trust Seattle a little more and see what Pete Carroll did defensively during the bye week. Sounds like they're probably not getting Jamal Adams back, but does he come up with any answers? Because that was not a Pete Carroll defense that we
4: really saw over the first five weeks of the season. This is going to be a great game. What a great quarterback game. Russell Wilson, Kyler Murray. And we talked about it earlier this week on the podcast. Murray, his playmaking ability is pretty terrifying for a defense. And now you have Seattle. Can't stop anybody. And this feels like potentially a huge... Kyler Murray game. Uh, that's that's the fun mm. kind of vibe I'm getting right now because and Seahawks fans are so angry uh over in Power Rankings land that I still have them ranked at 5. They want them at 1 because they're undefeated, but this is a team that has major issues on defense and I just think that unless Russell Wilson continues to play at this all-world level and maybe he will and they'll be okay and go 13 and 3 or 14 and 2, but there's the other side of this and how these things typically work out where if one side continues to be a major issue and you're trying to cover up for them every week, well, that means a slump's coming. And you're eventually when the offense cools off, the defense isn't there to pick you up and you lose a few games. I kind of see that coming, but maybe with Seattle and I think it's going to happen here in Arizona. I like the Cardinals. Wow. Well, I,
1: I, I will have to disagree on one front because I just I I think that Seattle can get get by with these defensive issues. And I believe in their... Desire and and their overall team makeup and the whole Seahawks energy enough that I am going to confidently lock up the Seattle Seahawks (laughs) this week. That's my lock.
4: You're such a predictable locker. I knew it. That's the yeah you you've you hey,
5: skated by you I got burned out last with the week Seahawks over Vikings lock uh, the Seahawks over Patriots lock you love these Seahawks close games
1: you know what I, last week I tried to get fancy I went with a young Carolina Panthers team I got burned hard it dropped me out of first place I'm going back to the reliable Seattle organization that I trust with my heart
4: time now for Road to Victory presented by the United States Marine Corps Greg you're up next.
5: All right, I'm going down to the dirty NFC South, taking a Panthers-Saints matchup with all sorts of connections. That's why I like this division. They're always just very incestuous. And this year, you got Joe Brady, uh, the Panthers' play caller on offense, going back to the Superdome. Uh, where he helped the Saints' offense, where he knows Teddy Bridgewater uh, obviously very well. He knew him in New Orleans. Now he's got him in Carolina. And he's going up against Dennis Allen, the Saints' defensive coordinator. When you look at these two rosters, the Saints are so much more talented that the Carolina Panthers have to win with scheme and they have to make Dennis Allen do dumb things, which Dennis Allen does sometimes. I think he overthinks it. He loves to <laughs> let everyone know that Dennis Allen is calling the blitzes and doing some wild stuff because Because when you just match them up, obviously the Saints are way more talented. I think their defensive line looks better right now. Now that they have Marcus Davenport back, they're deeper, they're better. And yet, I just think this Panthers coaching staff can keep it close and make the Saints very nervous.
1: I would be concerned about one aspect of the Saints defense, though. And it's it's shined in the past, but... Marshawn Lattimore is giving up a perfect passer rating at the Oof. moment. Uh, you know, Janoris Jenkins has That's been accurate. out of the mix. Like you can, you can pass on this team. I, the, on the flip side, Carolina runs sort of a zone defense that does not has not given up a ton of big plays down the field, but you can kind of operate these sort of shorter passing game, high percentage throws on them, and that is perfect for Drew Brees, and you're getting Michael Thomas back, and Alvin Kamara, you can run on Carolina too. That has been a consistent issue for that defense, um, a pretty banged up defense too that lacks some pass rushers right now. So I think this sets up well for Thomas's return, for Alvin Kamara, who was amazing the last time we saw him. And so this Saints team, you know, well-rested. I like their situation here. In a tight one, though, these Panthers, they're frisky. They don't get blown out. They keep it They keep it interesting. Uh, that Matt Rule fan club is still vibrant. Don't talk to me about the Bears game. It's still alive. People are still subscribing to the newsletters. We're, we're going strong.
4: <laughs> yeah, the, the Saints, to me, feel well set up here. I'm with you. That was such a huge win, uh, to steal on Monday night football to get into your bye and then regroup a little bit. And you would think Lattimore, unless he's, you know, injured and he's not himself right now and there's something else going on, will get better. Uh, and I'm not too worried about the Panthers. I think they'll, um, score some points here, uh, but at the same time, Michael Thomas is back. And it's interesting what's going on with Michael Thomas because it's, yes, it's the high ankle sprain that knocked him out for three weeks, but then a suspension for punching a teammate. And uh, he's known as a volatile personality behind the scenes. And uh, is this under control or is there something spiraling behind the scenes with the Saints? Because this guy, I think Kamara would be the Dave Damashek Jenga piece for this offense but Michael Thomas is the guy that really makes Drew Brees better than average at this stage of his career so if you have Michael Thomas healthy motivated in the right place headspace wise Emmanuel Sanders starting to figure things out get the chemistry going with a healthy Kamara and Brees they're gonna continue to score points I like the Saints in this game but I respect the Panthers it could be a frisky game for them
0: Mm. I
1: can't believe I'm saying this, but I think we need. I mean, we need a little bit less of Taysom Hill. He was the forcing Taysom Hill. He's dying on Taysom well, no. Hill. And this you, is and our you, weekly you
5: segment. Have... He's not living anymore on Taysom Hill. He's dying with Taysom Hill. I, I look at. I, I think. I still
1: think he's a super fascinating player but a gadget player is what he probably is at this point and it just it didn't look right and I mean I know you know Twitter middle school had their fun with all that business but I think some of it was correct that this is like either it's it's either you're going to put Breeze in on these plays but when he was yanked I mean there was one moment where Breeze was just staring at Sean Payton with like a <laughs> thousand yard stare like why is Taysom Hill on the they field? They don't right? trust
5: Breeze they don't trust Breeze on third and long
4: and I I don't totally blame them I think you're right but Martin, he converted several matchup. of them in a big spot on Monday Night Football but that's why it was so Odd to me when Breeze was warming up in the second half and making plays, they were still pulling him off the field for Taysom Hill. So I don't know. There right. just was some type of I don't know incongruity there.
5: It's
4: fair. <laughs> no, I didn't mean to shut you down there, right? Wow. No, He's I mean I there.
5: love that Mark has finally given given up. I feel like we should, you know, celebrate or you know not on the flag. It's a like big day in our podcast history.
1: <laughs> Look, let's use him correctly. Let put him in a position to succeed. That's all. You know, we got, we're getting a little bit too much. A little bit too much is a little bit too
4: much. All right. That was Road to Victory presented by the United States Marine Corps. All right. That brings up the old Zeuser in the uh, picks. I will uh, ah. take Let's see. Hamana 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 Bucks at Raiders. All right. So Listen. What are you going to say about the Bucks right now? What what can you say in a critical sense to, to doubt them after what we saw against the Packers? They are, when they are right, the most complete team in the league. Uh, the Woo! defense is absolutely on fire right now, and it's been that way for most of the season. Uh, look at the numbers. Look at the advanced analytics. This team is for real on that side of the ball. And what it's done is created a perfect situation here uh, in that Tom Brady does not have to be the savior. He doesn't need to be 2007 Tom Brady. He just needs to be a super glorified game manager himself, and he's been exactly that and sometimes better so I'm feeling really good about the Bucks right now it'd be very tough for me to pick against them and you know the Raiders right now obviously they have a, a situation uh, with COVID-19 that's created some indecision around them and, and that's been a distraction it feels like every team gets hit with this at some point it's their turn but they are also now coming off a buy, and they are feeling great or they were because they just beat uh, the Kansas City Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes in Arrowhead. So two teams with a lot of confidence. The game is being played at the depth star. Mark Sessler, what do you think?
1: I mean, you know, there was a lot of heat on Paul Gunther because for what you might like about the Raiders offense, the defense for a while now has been highly suspect. They held the Chiefs to one score in the second half. I mean, it was just that is if, the, if this team is able to knock out Kansas City and then turn around and take care of the Bucks. I mean, we have to call that a massive doorway they've walked to into a, a world of completely different expectations mm. for this, this mm. Raiders club. And there's a little thing I like about this game is that remember back when the coronavirus just started and we were all in our little homes doing our free agency show and there were whispers that the Raiders wanted Tom Brady? Yeah. And, and what did that mean for Derek Carr? And, I mean, Derek Carr is the kind of quarterback that I – I get that he's, like, a really nice guy, but he seems to um, hold on to slights. I, that's <laughs> the way I perceive him to be. Rabbit ears. And I think it's got to it. be lodged in his mind that my own team – had interest in Tom Brady, which is not a sin because it's Tom Brady. But now you have Derek Carr who has like 11 touchdowns, one pick, 70-plus completion percentage. He's playing lights out. We saw what I wanted to see from him last week, which is aggressive Derek Carr, the thing that we have been missing. The reason I found him slightly bland. It's, It's happening. They've got the guys to throw to. This makes this game... Highly interesting to me because the offense is transforming before our eyes a little bit. Wait a well, second, Mark-
4: Sizzler. Wait a second, Sizzler. You just sold your lot on Taysom Hill. Are you coming over to my used car lot? Are you coming
1: over? <laughs> I mean, I'm driving by the car lot and taking a look at what's you know what's on stock, and I'll and I may wander over there uh, during my lunch break. You're welcome. Great- just,
4: so, just so it's known,
5: some great quarterback play is there. I'm with you, Mark. And you mentioned the one interception this year. That to me showed the maturation of Derek Carr. It was against the, the Chiefs. It was on third and one. They decided to go for it. in At the part of the field, you can live with an interception. He got aggressive. It didn't work out, but I'm with you. I saw them going deep down the field in situations where they normally would run it. Now, can they do it week after week? I don't know. You're giving all this credit to the Raiders' defense because they had a good second half against the Chiefs. Well, they played the first half, too, and they stunk in that. I mean, they gave up a ton well, of touchdowns. progress. To me, the biggest mismatch in this game is when the Bucks have the ball and their offensive line goes up against the Raiders defensive line and you hand the ball off to Ronald Jones or you're protecting for Tom Brady and it's going to be a great matchup as you said you know when the Raiders have the ball but when the Bucks have the ball I trust the Bucks' offense a little better they're just getting it going I mean they're adding elements Godwin's healthy again uh, Gronk is doing a little uh, everyone is playing a little better and that's why I feel as confident as Uh-oh. I have all year is he gonna? which is why I'm probably going to ruin my undefeated locks record because once you feel yourself a little bit, you get it wrong. I'm locking up the box.
4: There it is. I love it. And also not a surprise. You know, we work together so much. I know we all know who we like and don't like. Greg's never going to be sold. He's never coming to the used car lot. So <laughs> no. he, he, he saw that great performance against Kansas City is ultimately a mirage, like in Las Vegas, the tall casino building.
1: Well, because I mean, I'm, Dan, I like his nickname is used car lot. I feel right. like that's that's not pretty rough.
5: He's going to allow you can only go with one like weird nickname <laughs> per game. And I'm I'm riding the Bulls <laughs> Assange right now, the Todd Bulls defense. And how about Carlton Davis? He's shut down Devontae Adams. He can do the same, we'll see, to to Henry Ruggs. And if you do that, then this Raiders offense not not as good.
4: Some people are just better as defensive coordinators. There was no Bulls assance with the Jets, I could tell you that. Um, all right. Snakes the old zooser. So let's uh, stay. So that was Sunday night football. How about a little Monday night football? The Chicago Bears. Mm, at you're going to be busy at night. The Los Angeles Rams. You guys put your feet up. Enjoy your <laughs> night off because I got this. Uh, another good game. This is a good week. This is a good week in the National Football League, in our league. Uh, the Bears, nobody respects the Bears. They're 5-1, though. I mean, at what point does that change? Are they just one of those teams that nobody ever kind of gives love or takes seriously, and then they're 11-5 and and hosting a home game in January? You know what? They might be that team. Uh, But go show me. Show me here in primetime now. The Rams are a good team. The Rams are not a great team. They're coming off a frustrating primetime loss in week six against the 49ers. I still like the Rams. Don't love them. Don't think they're a powerhouse. So if the Bears are actually good, capital G, good, This should be a game that they could hang in and potentially even win. And that's what it's about. We talked about it, Mark. Defense is kind of like an extinct species in the NFL. Well, the the Bears are kind of like this exception where they're winning with their defense. And they're getting turning the ball over. And they're getting just enough quarterback play. I don't think it's sustainable for as a Super Bowl contender. But I think Mm. it's sustainable in Week 7 against the Rams. What do you guys think?
1: Yeah, I think that I mean the Bears have come to us from 1972 and I think their style is atypical to what most fans um would prefer to see. I think that includes some Bears fans too or mystified that the offense seems to constantly be going in reverse. But they're 5 and 1 and if you w- look at what they did against Carolina, I mean they they frazzled uh Teddy Bridgewater who's been pretty good this season. I mean Interception on the first drive, interception on the last drive, caused a fumble right in the middle of the game of Mike Davis. That was the game right there. I mean, that's the way they want to win. They want to win these games like 20 to 19. And I think they can do it. I mean, my concern is that I don't know. We've been watching football for like three decades. Like I, there have been like six Bears teams that went twelve and four with like stellar <laughs> defenses and questionable quarterback play, and they're one and done typically in the playoffs. Or do they go to the Super Bowl and play the Colts and operate in one of the most boring Super Bowls in our life in a downpour? So I don't know. Flip a coin, <laughs>
5: <Yeah>. <laughs> or or they get a Coach of the Year award that you totally forget. Dick Duran, Coach of the Year. Matt Nagy, yeah, Coach Dickie. of the Year. It's a similar team, um, and the defense is going to keep them in this game partly because they're. Secondary is so good. And we know Cleo Mack and Akeem Hicks are good, but I don't think Kyle Fuller has been getting enough love this year or Eddie Jackson. Those two guys are dynamic. And Kyle Fuller had a year a couple years ago where he was an all-pro type player. He is playing at that level again. So whether he's matched up against Robert Woods or Cooper Cup and then you got Eddie Jackson, they're not even thrown at him anymore. He's complaining about that. It's a really uh, great defense. And they are a different offense, I will say, with Nick Foles. If nothing else, they've changed how they're not succeeding, and now they're really pass-heavy. I mean, they were really run heavy with Mitch Trubisky. Now they're really passive-y. I think that's the way to go because Foles makes a couple plays every week. And you look at David Montgomery, and there's just not a lot of juice in that running game, not of a lot of uh, explosion there. I just don't know if that matches up well with the Rams. When I, when I think the Rams, I think you attack their weakness in terms of their run defense. They've got some good players in the secondary. Can the Bears move the ball? Because they are definitely like a pass-heavy, Matt Nagy, I'm going to try to be
4: like Andy Reid type of team now. Uh, one thing that jumped out to me just looking at some numbers ahead of this game, uh, the Rams are 19th in the NFL in points per game on offense. Wow. I,
1: well, it looked, it feels that way watching their games sometimes. But it's I like mean, there's
4: also – there's been a general feeling that they've gotten better post-Todd Gurley and maybe – Well, they're much better per play. You
5: know, they're they're having these games where there's not a lot of plays – there are a lot of running. I mean they're they're one of the most run heavy teams in the league and, and until last week they were super efficient passing, but then that fell apart. We haven't seen them do it against anyone but the NFC East stuff. That that's a that's worth pointing out.
4: Yeah. Uh, what do, who I didn't
5: did? like
1: the the lack of connection between cup and and golf last week I mean mm. that 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 kind of frazzled them and messed them up why do I keep saying frazzled on the show I don't know What's I'm happening? frazzled
4: that you're saying frazzled so much uh but I they're usually spot on cup and golf I expect that to be um okay who let's pick this game real quick I'm, I'm curious about this one I got the Rams in a close mm. one
5: i don't I don't like what I'm seeing where they're a heavy favorite if you know what I'm saying but I do think right. the Rams uh sneak it out
4: Rams twenty two twenty. I think the Bears win again, and everyone is like quietly annoyed <gasps> by it. Just like ah, except for Bears
5: eyes. Twitter. Bears Twitter has taken over. Them and Patriots Twitter would be in the Super Bowl of uh, of annoying Twitter of, of getting in my mentions. I, I see you, Bears Twitter.
4: Yeah, maybe if the Bears win, they can get into the top ten of the power rankings too. You know, just <laughs> that's you know, what hang they're in that's there.
1: inside the building. That's what they're pushing for. That's the motivation.
4: All right, up next, Greg. You're on the clock. Oh,
5: boy. All right. Let's go to uh, another early game this week. Uh, I know this sounds crazy, but I am intrigued to see Washington-Dallas just out of uh, morbid curiosity. Morbid curiosity. (laughs) Because this game matters in the NFC East. And, man, I haven't seen uh, a week as ugly uh, as it's been in Dallas. And I look at this Washington team, and I think they look at what Kyle Allen did last week, and I think they convinced themselves, you know what? It's like, I know Kyle Allen had that fumble, but he did have the drive right afterwards. He did make plays, and I think their offense ran a little better. Hey, we've got a top 10 defense right now. I really believe that Washington does. Uh, Dallas is replacing their offensive line again. Like, they're missing their, left, their, their replacement left tackle is out. Like, this is a very winnable game for Washington, even if it might not be uh, very pretty to watch. I mean, the
1: pressure on Andy Dalton last week and just the tackle play. I think interior of the line was okay, but the tackle play was a disaster. Yeah, I don't think you want to go into games and have Andy Dalton throw the ball 54 times. That just, that's... Not a formula that's ever really worked with the Andy Dalton family line. Um, I, Cowboys to me, I mean, and you just the reports coming out this week. Yeah, you know, I had one friend that's kind of close to the team saying that the players a while ago were were saying that this defensive scheme was too complex, and you've heard that a couple times. Like Rex Ryan's defense got that in Buffalo, where like you're in week six and the players aren't playing off instinct. And the Dallas defense has like these interesting parts on paper. I mean, you'd say that someone like Leighton Vander Esch coming back would be big for him and for Jalen Smith and Jalen Smith is being paid a lot of money and is not playing the way he has in the past. I just, this this feels like I don't want to like overreact, but I don't even think it is overreacting. And Dan, I think you mentioned this too, but I had the same feeling like Mike McCarthy, is he here next year if this thing continues to spiral this way? Or, Or is Mike, I would put it this way, is Mike McCarthy willing to remove some of his friends from this staff? Um, upon further review I mean this is a disaster When the Cowboys players are talking this way anonymously um, it, It's still October uh, That's a car crash
4: Yeah I mean Jerry just turned 78 And if this thing truly goes off the rails And there's a a Mutiny I don't see why he wouldn't just say Okay I gotta, I gotta try this again Because I still have this talented core And I can't waste potentially two years With Mike McCarthy if he doesn't have this team Believing wow. in him Um, First place Cowboys. I I know people keep on saying that with this NFC, all these NFC East teams, but does it ultimately matter if they're terrible and the organization is drowning? Because what does it mean even getting to play a January game if you have all these problems? Now, that said, I don't love Mike McCarthy, and um, I also don't think the Cowboys are going to completely death spiral here. I don't think they're going to go... Four and twelve. I think there's a lot of people that want to see that because it's sometimes fun to watch the world burn, to watch America's team burn. Uh, but <laughs> the Washington football team, they lose every week now, and we could talk about how great their defense is, but they're losing every week. And Kyle Allen, listen, that's a guy I don't believe in. Uh, so as much as like the world is on fire for the Cowboys, Mm. you know, some people could go and lock up undefeated teams and feel like, you know, okay, looking in the mirror. I'm going to be the guy that locks up the Dallas Cowboys on the road coming off a hideous Monday night loss on a short week during a team mutiny. So you could pick your Russell Wilson's, uh, Sessler. Give me America's team to get back on track. Dan, hold on.
1: Hold on. I mean, I, I, at this point. These little slings and arrows, I am totally impervious to them. If we were to go look at your lock record, sound over the, it is stretching into last season. There are some unbelievable lock it up. where you're in a home with no mirror. There isn't, there isn't even a mirror on the this wall. This is a bold so one, I'm though. Fine with this my is picks. a
5: bold one. I mean, if when you can go against Kyle Allen, uh, and it's bold. No, I actually do think it's bold. <laughs> Kyle Allen, five drives last week, 10 plus plays. I, I don't know what you're seeing. I, you know what I'd be worried about with Dallas, though, is there, is it, it's their stars that like get you worried. Like Zeke is still there, and isn't he the right, biggest But can't problem? you see?
4: I'm totally with you, Greg. But can't you see Zeke? He's an All Pro star yeah. player. His pride DeMarcus is hurt. Lawrence. People are doubting him. Can't you see 200 yards from Zeke? Can't you see it? Maybe not. I don't know. It's against what I start. Well, all That's I want. Good. All I think
5: about when Jane Slater, you know, does these reports is like, all right, who is it? Like, who's, who's feeling comfortable right. enough to just bury right. it? It's, it definitely feels, right. feels defensive-minded because the offensive staff is pretty similar to a, a year ago. So you, you start thinking about, all right, who are the big stars on defense? Mm. Things aren't going too well. Lawrence. And it, I think it's a reminder to the Dallas coaches, you know, return those Jane Slater texts. You don't give her the respect, you, you take some heat. She'll slay you. All right, up next,
4: Mark Sessler.
1: All right. Well, I get that you know the Q rating has tumbled uh, below Earth's surface at this point, but I'm going Cleveland, Cincinnati. I left it for you. That's the game I wanted, but I
5: assumed we're not allowed. You know. What's that, Greg? That's the game I wanted, but I just assume we're. We're all afraid of you,
4: Mark. Do that.
1: Oh, I, I, I. You know, I'm not there yet. I I know that Dan is. I've taken the Jets two weeks in a row, and it has literally lowered my enjoyment of um, human life. So I'm not going down (laughs) that road again. But uh, I am going to stick with Cleveland here. But you have to. uh, I think the thing is, if you're a Browns fan, like there's a lot to be excited about. um, Foundationally, that I, I think Kevin Stefanski has shown through his kind of even-keeled demeanor week after week uh, that he is someone that I think is going to be around for a while. The front office is not f- battling with the coaching staff for the first time since I was like 18 years old, so that's something positive. But you are clearly looking at a team that it has a defined ceiling, and it's within mm. your own nasty division. You got walloped 38 points you allowed to the Ravens. 38 to the Steelers. The defense is messy. And it's if, if Miles Garrett is taken out of a game to any extent, they've got nothing to hang their hat on. I mean, I, I really like Denzel Ward, the player, but he has not played up to what I've seen in the past from him. Their secondary has been a huge mess. And I start with the offense. Like, Baker Mayfield, look, I, I mean— I want to believe in Baker Mayfield. I want Baker Mayfield to be treated with patience because he is, like some other young quarterbacks, in his fourth scheme, multiple coaching staffs, you know, a lot going on around him. But I have to look at his play and say this is someone who is locking on. There is a play last week, and it's the Minka Fitzpatrick interception. It's a few others, too, where he, it seems pre-snap, is locking on to his target and come hell or high water, and it was hell last week. He is going to throw the ball to that player, and, and the problem there is you're not seeing Minka Fitzpatrick in that equation. And I'm not trying to, you know, diagnose what Baker Mayfield is is seen or not, but it just looks to me that he is not able to visualize the field and he's had, he's struggling to there was a play last week where Jarvis Landry who talked about the fact that he played with a broken rib after the Colts game so that's not helpful was wide open though between a you know a, a bunch of a bunch of Steelers defenders wide open and Baker just didn't see it and it's a, it's a throw that someone who's more advanced inside a scheme would see he Hmm. was punished and so if you can get to baker mayfield and now you're looking at the ravens who just signed yannick nagakwe the steelers and ravens are basically the teams they cannot get to i do trust them because last time cleveland got killed it was cincinnati the next week and it's like all these browns they're under a lot of pressure to show up and play crisp football against the bengals and they did they played their best game but Nick Chubb is not there. now, And everyone's saying, oh, you don't have Kareem Hunt. You're, you're, you don't have Nick Chubb. You're fine because you have Kareem Hunt. I just don't buy into that. Nick, Nick Chubb is a t- totally different type of runner. Who is Cleveland Browns football to the core? So I am a little concerned in general about this season. I don't like teams that are just wild card fodder that get beaten up by a better organization, but it's a big step for Cleveland to be four and two right now and not two and four. I think I
4: figured out a, a formula. When Mark is nervous about the Browns, the monologue goes longer. And it's yeah. just, you're just oh, kind of I mean, like it's, downloading all these self-doubts and all these things in your head yes. right now. And that, yes, that, was a, that was a big one. You know what? I'm going to say something, Mark. Too much on Twitter on Sunday. Oh, same old Browns. Oh, the Browns, oh, they still suck. And like, no, man, I mean, that was a tough game. Your quarterback is banged up and you're on the road against a, a legit Super Bowl contender. You got your ass kicked. That happens sometimes. Now, yep. here's the test, though. It's happened twice. If it's – I know, I understand, but that was also week one and that was the Ravens. Here's the test to me. Don't don't get beat now in Cincinnati because then you are the same old Browns. Then it's like, here we go, and you cut a month from now and they're four and six or something. Like – Get the, get the ship going in the right direction again and don't let negativity build because with teams like the Browns and other downtrodden franchises in history, once that negativity starts to get way, way down the ship, it sinks quickly. So get the W, get back on track, and I think this is a winnable game. I mean, Cincinnati is not a powerhouse by any stretch.
5: They're not, but I think it's a big-time test. I suspect Mark is a little nervous about this one. I would be. I really struggled on who to pick in this game. I, I did take the Browns to win a close one because they have the better offensive line. I think they have the better coaching staff right now, um, it, but they don't have the better quarterback necessarily, and that that, that is worrisome. I mean, to me, that's, that's the bummer so far out of six games with Stefanski is Baker's not playing confidently. So you can you we i we talk about him off the field on the field whatever like he's got this swag like he has the opposite of swag when he's playing right now like he bails out after the first read we saw a lot of that last year uh mark pointed out kind of how he's locking on to receivers the bengal's defense has been a little better this year they they're dealing with some controversy after our guy Tyler Dragon, formerly of Around the NFL, broke some news uh, that Carlos yeah. Dunlop and uh, Geno Atkins not too happy about getting benched lately. But this Bengals team is all right. Like, I don't think they're a pushover. I, and uh, I think you look at that they don't you know necessarily have a quarterback edge in this game. You know, I, if, if both guys are protected, I, I think I trust Joe Burrow like a little bit more than Baker Mayfield right
4: now. And Cincinnati definitely gave Cleveland a ride in that primetime game. It wasn't like a yeah. – I know the final score maybe looked like it wasn't as close, but they, they went back and forth. They had a chance there. Mark, it's snakes to you.
1: Well, I'm just so happy that I get to continue my viewing relationship with Justin Herbert of the Chargers, who will be hosting the Jacksonville Jaguars and Gardner Minshew. Nice spot. I am telling you right now, I, I – I I don't go back and watch many of these games twice um, because there's just too much to too much to deal with in life and everything else going on. But I I have found myself like late at night checking out the Justin Herbert throws because I just love the way he I mean he is a rocket. I mean you can just see it and I I think that for the despite the Chargers record and despite the fact that you know we mentioned this they're three and thirteen in these close games these one score games. That's the bigger issue. I think this is a playoff team that is begging the coaching staff to, you know, when they build these leads, to put the foot on the gas and squeeze the life out of the opponent. There's just something about the DNA of this team, and we all recognize it. It kind of just allows these opponents back in the game. And I, I, you've got a quarterback now that allows you to do something completely different. And his chemistry with his receivers for a guy that didn't get a lot of practice time, no preseason, to come in and do what he's done right away, I love it. I mean, and I, you know, Gardner Minshew, to me, has sort of become sort of the same guy every week uh, and, and it's not all bad I see some really good stuff with Gardner Minshew there was one play that I, I just thought this is him he was under total uh, duress against the Lions he is sort of circling between would-be tacklers but you know where a lot of quarterbacks would have been taken down he, he escapes he has that escapability he's slippery and he underhands the ball to James Robinson who darts up field with it but then a couple plays later he lofts a pass deep down field into coverage a little bit dangerous and it's picked off so you take the good and the bad with Gardner Minshew I I, I, the diagnosis is this guy is going to be in the NFL probably as a backup after this season for a really long time I think he does a lot of things really well but when you watch Justin Herbert I look at my fascination at Gardner Minshew and say it sometimes feels more uh appropriate to have that fascination attached to someone who's going to be in our life as a starter for like (laughs) 15 20 years
5: right I mean this is uh Man, Minshew and Taysom Hill this
4: week, Mark.
1: You have to even transition have to like yes. you know, we. It's we're in a time where you have to be able to say, <laughs> I liked this, but now I like this more, and it's because of the evidence I'm seeing.
5: Well, yeah, Justin Herbert. I mean, that's it's no comparison, uh, and he's gonna you're gonna like him more after this week because he's playing the Jaguars' defense. I mean, th- this is the worst defense in the league. They're just they're picking up guys off the street and they're starting them that week. Uh, I like last week. Uh, Kamalaya Correa and uh, who is the other one that they signed Jabal Sheard it- they signed him like two days before the game and then they're both committing costly penalties in the game. I mean, that, that's what happens. So this is a game the Chargers, you would think, would be able to roll up on him. I want to see if they can do that too because a lot of positive things going on with them. Joey Bosa and Keenan Allen were clearly not 100% before the bye. They're back. They're healthy. Uh, it sounds like they're going to get Brian Belaga back at right tackle. Maybe not Trey Turner but the, their line has been a huge problem. That That's good. You might get Melvin Ingram and Justin Jones back, two of their starting defensive linemen. So the cavalry is coming and this chargers team is one and four you got to just take care of business and destroy this jaguars team who who is kind of the team i think i overrated because of week one and and even week two like there's always one team remember we were excited about the bengals after one week last year it's like who's zach taylor this guy's a great young coach i think i did that with the jaguars this year and i've it's taken me a while to move off that uh off that take but it has not been a good take
4: you mentioned joey bosa too right greg I did not. Uh, okay. Cause he, he, he played, played, he only played 28. Or did snaps. I? Yes, I did. Can't okay. Remember he, what I said? He only played 28 snaps against the chiefs. He had knee ankle and triceps injuries. This is a sport for tough, Oof. tough people. So he gets that week uh, and that will make the defense better as well. I, my, my feeling on the chargers, cause I, I like the chargers too. M- maybe a sneaky team of ATN candidate here. Um, yeah. I have them higher uh, than any one in four team should be in the power rankings because you just like everything about them except for their record and their ability to close out <laughs> games. So you look at where they're at right now, you know, they won 16 13 in week one with Tarad, uh, a game that Randy Bullock helped them out with. But since it was a three point loss to the Chiefs, a five point loss to the Panthers, a seven point loss to the Bucks, and a three point crusher to the Saints. So go ahead, like Greg said, go spank the Jaguars who stink. And get to two and four, and then you go to Denver and you see what happens. But do not do anything. Do not give us a Chargers moment against the Jaguars no. at home. That would be a disgrace. And then we will, we will spit venom at you, Chargers, here at the ATM podcast. Just assist with that nonsense. Yes. Uh, you do not want to listen to the Sunday night show, Chargers fans, if your team lays an egg against the Jags uh, in a big spot in week seven. All right. Up next is Greg Rosenthal. All right,
5: I'm going to take the Lions Falcons here. There aren't many games left on the board and I I am a little intrigued by these two teams, and I don't know if I'm annoyed they're playing each other. Maybe it's good they're playing each other. I want to see, like, which one is going to be a little friskier uh, down the stretch here, or at least through the midseason. Because the Lions defense came out—they they balled out last week against Jacksonville. I'm not going to take anything away. I know the matchup was good, uh, but the energy and the aggressiveness, the game plan, it was pretty awesome. And the Falcons were even more impressive. I mean— it shouldn't be that surprising that getting Julio Jones back and Julio Jones looking like Julio Jones makes a huge difference. You know, it does. I, like, he's back. The secondary is a lot healthier. It gives them more options defensively for Raheem Morris. I've thought that their offensive line in Atlanta, which has been a trouble spot for really the entire Dan Quinn era, now Raheem Morris, uh, has actually had its best year and they're okay. Like, they kind of fixed that problem. They should be able to put up some points. And uh, I'm curious if they're going to be dangerous down the stretch. I, I kind of like the Falcons in this game, uh, even with Detroit coming off a, a pretty good performance against Jacksonville.
1: I really like seeing DeAndre Swift be what I think they, the beginnings of what they thought he could be. And and, and I, I hope his, his role just continues to increase. And, you know, Adrian Peterson mm-hmm. We get it, Hall of Famer. But, I mean, DeAndre Swift is why I got on this Detroit Lions thing in the start. I don't trust their defense a lick, though, and I see this as like another rampant shootout, mm. which, you know, shootouts used to be like, hey, there's two of them a week, and that's the game you got to go. Now it's like eight eight games a week seem to be these shootouts because defense is apparently uh, decided not to show up in 2020. Do you trust the no?
5: Lions, though, to, shoot, to be say, in a shootout? That's have, where I'm not sure.
4: What have we seen I, from Matthew Stafford so against, far?
1: I do against the Falcons' defense, yes. Sure. I, I do. I wouldn't say week to week, but the Falcons' defense seems to be like a, a gigantic open barn door that just says, you know, bring the whole family in, bring all the animals and pets in, and,
4: and have your way inside our barn. Two and three the Lions are. And, yes, yeah, the Matthew Stafford. The Matthew Stafford. That, uh, <laughs> what a barn that would be. <laughs> yeah. The Matthew Stafford that was playing before the back injury last year, if that guy was playing... Um, For the Lions Maybe they're above 500 right now So they kind of need him to jump his play A little bit The Falcons, I still I I just, you kind of feel it Or at least I do That this is a team that is Ready to hit the The old dynamite thing What's the thing that you put down? Here's the thing though I mean, you know
5: they played as well as any team in in week six, week seven. Yeah, but I, I don't want to put too much that Raheem Morris solves their team, but they put the bang thing on those Vikings. It was thirty three to seven with a couple of minutes left in that game. Well, you another, another
1: disaster show, though. The I'm just
5: saying, it was like that was an impressive one week performance. Let's see. And how hungry, about your boy Youngway Koo? Let Koo into the kicker club with uh, some of the stalwarts. He's hitting fifty yarders now. He his he's story that he's now carving out a real career. Is pretty surprising based on where he started with the Chargers. Hmm.
4: That's that's no joke. Yeah, he's had he's having a nice year. Uh, have we mentioned that Kai Forbath is signed with the Rams now? Wow, <gasps> he's got to be
5: a mean- prime time. Maybe. That we don't is... know if he's starting. They're not announcing that yet. What was the
1: sandwich prop that you had the... that he would he would hit a game winner in a regular season game?
4: Let's check in with the great Nick Fortier, org. The old Zeuser said... Well, the old Zeuser also said the Jets enter week 17 with a mathematical path to the playoffs. Uh, but the old Zeuser also said... <laughs> I'll
5: take a Ruben." Reuben. <laughs>
4: <laughs> Kai Forbath hits a game-winning field goal within the final minute of regulation or OT. Three sandwiches on the line. He was not on the team at the time. He's been working out like crazy. He's been on a couple practice squads. The Rams have a kicker that's uh, far inferior to Greg Deleg, who's in Dallas now. So maybe maybe it actually happens. That's a little kicker sidetrack there. Anything else? Uh, oh, my point was, yes, they they might score points, with Matt Ryan and healthy Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley. But it just, I don't know. I feel like the Falcons and Arthur Blank, another owner that's getting up there in age, they they might be looking for the next stage of whatever the organization is at this point. Sure. And it makes for a fascinating offseason if Matt Ryan, and I know there's all sorts of salary cap implications involved there, but Julio Jones, like, these are guys both on the other side of 30 for an organization that really needs a fresh start. We'll see what happens. But it was nice to see both of those guys ball out in week six, if for no other reasons that, you know, Falcons fans and teams that are root for a winless, bad franchise. It's just nice to have a nice Sunday every once in a while. They just they it just ate happen. a
5: big Game 7 Braves yeah. L2. Atlanta a, is a tough sports down.
4: Tough sports It's down. nice,
1: Dan, because Dan just doesn't want another team st- taking that number one pick away from the Jets. So, it's <laughs> you know, whenever you can get a win in there for your yeah. – I mean, they were
4: never going to be – That's not a 1-15 in 15 team, the Falcons – I I don't I never thought of I'm them as you. a real uh risk Four in that 12th. realm. Um all right. I'm up. The you Chiefs just, Broncos still there?
5: Yeah, I didn't want it another is. late afternoon game distracting
4: me from uh Look at that. That was Whoa. my thinking too. <laughs> what a value add for the old are in the biggest of all spots. Chiefs at Broncos. Uh yeah. Sign me up for Patrick Mahomes on a Sunday. And I get to really watch closely this Denver Bronco team that the scientists, uh, Chris Wessling and Greg Rosenthal, continue to salivate over as a team that's far better uh, than their record indicates and they're under the radar. I'm not saying they're not. I trust you guys. You're the scientists. Um, So I just want to watch them against a top team like the Chiefs are and see if they can hang Uh, in this game, uh, because if they do, you guys are absolutely right. And um, uh, that's fun to me. So to see how does this defense contain or attempt to contain uh, Patrick Mahomes, Le'Veon Bell, I assume, is going to be in the mix in some capacity for the Chiefs, which is very interesting because uh, Clyde Edwards-Alaire played so well on Monday night, uh, and they even got uh, good play from their backup running back, uh, blanking out his name. The Chiefs back up. The- yeah, Darryl- Darwin, yeah, he he had a touchdown. Daryl Williams and he ran the ball well. So you have um, a backfield that was starting to gel, and now you bring in Le'Veon. How how does he work into the mix? So uh, I'm interested to see that, and I want to see if the Broncos are for real as you know a team that's better than people realize. I, I think they're going to test Mahomes' patience and
5: Andy Reid's patience and their frustration level with all these teams approaching them the same way because the Broncos are set up in a very similar way to me defensively as the Patriots, the Raiders, and the Bills in terms of that they can play coverage That they're really smart in the back end, that they can let you run, except they're better at doing that. Like, they, they do it every week. And, and the reason I'm so high on them, Dan, is because they're so well coached. They're a little thin on talent defensively, but Bradley Chubb's playing like a superstar, and Fangio Mm. coaches up that secondary really well. And they're, they're, they're sixth in DVOA. And where I could be wrong, but where the excitement comes from is the playmakers on offense. I thought Drew Locke played pretty well last week. Um, Those two interceptions were unique. One was a miscommunication. The other was an incredible play by the Patriots. And he made a lot of good throws that players didn't come down with. And maybe it's because I'm a Patriots fan with a bunch of guys that have no juice to watch on offense. And you look at – The Broncos. You add Philip Lindsay back in the mix. Juice. You add this rookie tight end (laughs) Albert O. I don't know how to say his name. He's got a lot of juice. Uh, You bring back Hamler this week. Loved his route running. Juice. Jerry Judy. Juice Melvin Gordon's coming back. Juice, juice. You know, it's like Noah Fant might be back this week. This is a lot of offensive speed. They remind me of the Chiefs a little bit. Now they don't have Patrick Mahomes, but Whoa. like a poor man. I'm just saying in terms of their team speed and the guys around them, okay. a young group. They're fun. I love the the Broncos in this game to keep it close. You know, Do you say are
4: you them. are you saying Greg that the Denver Broncos are in fact the team that is truly younger?
5: They are. They're going to be on Sunday. This is a tough spot. The Chiefs on a short week, Uh, division opponent going to the altitude. I think it's a tough spot. Maybe I'm totally wrong. No, I, I, Greg, I, I think I, w-
1: watching that Patriots game, and I know that the Patriots line was banged up, but like Anthony Ciccolo created total havoc. I mean, Bradley Chubb created total havoc. The defense is for real. And I, I mean, they're, they're obviously um, exceedingly well coached. I think they can cause problems for Kansas City. And I, I love all the offensive parts too. I, I Drew Locke, if anything, is he's aggressive? He is willing to whip the ball downfield into double coverage and take chances. <laughs> He'll pay for it sometimes. Sure, and I'm not convinced he's the guy that's going to be able to kind of stir the the mix here and get all these guys like to produce. But I don't hate him. This this offense getting healthy is kind of scary, and they kind of remind me like of the Chargers a little bit, where it's like I don't care what the record is right now. Yeah, they could go on a little bit of a run because they don't have like they their their defense is one of the better around and their offense is like we're just waiting for them to to kind of
5: grow into what they are and it could be pretty terrifying you can't kill them for losing games with driscoll and most of the weapons at you just right. can't it was just bad luck and and unlike some teams they're getting those weapons back i know why dan doesn't like this um trend here though or this take by the scientists because he, he doesn't he wants john elway to go down in infamy this, this, this I make don't. Elway,
4: good, look good. I don't have, have nice any reason to. I am not like a Browns fan. What? What did John Elway do to me? Well, he did get me in the. Ninety-eight AFC title game—that's true. Maybe that's where it's all stemming from. But uh, Anthony Chicolo Mel Gigolo is a pretty good nickname for somebody. That is good. I like better that. than
1: used car lot. I mean, just if you're trying to compliment Derek Carr, I would just say.
4: Well, that's not his. That's not his nickname. That's just the where. The but fan it just sound. It together. sounds too. It works too well for you somehow. You know. are right. It
1: just a little low rent, but that's okay.
4: Uh, I got on Drew Locke on Twitter on Sunday after those two picks, which I know the last thing anyone on Twitter wants to do is ever to say Drew Locke failed. But um, it was – they were ill-advised throws at that stage of the game, and it almost cost them what should have been a certain win against the Patriots. Uh, I mean, one
1: was like the most amazing catch. Yeah, the Jonathan Jones pick, I'm
4: not going to kill him on. I mean, Uh, that was crazy. I know, I know. That's how it works with this guy. But that's fine. I I, I will say Broncos fans got annoyed with me. And then another Broncos fan sent me a video of three bad drops by that Denver playmaking group that should have been big throws completed, including touchdowns. For Locke, so the the numbers didn't necessarily reflect the way he played in that game. So I'm excited to see how he plays. I don't root against Drew Locke. That's always been misconstrued. I don't really root against John Elway. It's just more like I don't love when certain figures just get the benefit of the doubt repeatedly. And which is he's had, he's had, had a little bit of a John.
5: pass. He's had a little
4: bit of a pass I for mean, the post 2015 era. I'm with you. Um, but I, that's a great game. I'm looking forward to watching it. And then I will, uh, it's snakes to the zoo, sort to of close it out and Buffalo at Jets. Okay. This is good. I'm fine. I want to see how the Bills look. I want to see how Josh Allen looks. Uh, after two losses and I believe it was six days. Tough, you know, tough situation there for the Bills schedule wise, but they did not come out of it well going four and oh, four and two, um, against, quality opponents, and it it does put a seed of doubt in your mind about the Bills, but it doesn't—I'm not in a panic about Buffalo, and I don't think anybody else should be. It's a long season. There are peaks and valleys. They've hit a valley, and now it just so happens that they get the worst team uh, in football in week seven to get right. This is a classic get-right game for the Buffalo Bills, who can kind of get— brush themselves off and and Josh Allen can go nuts with 400 total yards of offense and the defense, which has been hemorrhaging yards. Uh, perhaps they can continue to do uh, what the Dolphins did to the Jets, which was shut them out. Uh, Sam Darnold returned to practice this week for New York at the time of this recording. We're not sure where he's at um, in terms of availability, but that is progress in that direction. So this is a very different offense mm. for the Jets. If Darnold's playing, because Joe Flacco, quite frankly, uh, can't play the guitar. You know, frankly, how much do we
5: really need to talk about the Jets? I mean that if you no. watch, if you watch the Bills Jets game though in Week One, and it feels like a long time ago, that it's actually the only Jets game of the season where in the second half they had a possession where they were in the game. So you would think this is a huge mismatch, and it is. The Bills should blow them out. But the Jets played the Bills closer than they've played anyone else. And uh, I do think you look at the Jets defensively, they're going to send the house blitzing Josh Allen because Josh Allen did not handle the blitz well uh, last week or really against the Titans either. And so whether – I don't know if that's the book out on him, but he got a little frazzled, and that'll be the Jets' approach at least, see if they can get some interesting. Why are you still together? talking
4: about the Jets if you said that we don't need to talk about the Jets anymore. Well,
1: well let's you talk know. about you, the Bills We lost
5: you, minutes. and I just
1: had to start, you
5: know.
4: Yeah, right, know. exactly. Captain. You
1: know, couched within that, that bad loss to the Chiefs, there was this one drive, uh, and it, it doesn't look um, particularly impressive on paper, by Buffalo, this 13-play, 51-yard drive that I thought showed Josh Allen's um, incredible toughness. He had a couple rumbles um, in that game and on that drive, particularly that just, I, this is a, this to me is one of the more fun to watch dudes who's around. Uh, Diggs made an incredible get, grab on that for the touchdown. And I just think, look at this team. You lost to the Chiefs. They're going to get back on track. There are real concerns about the defense because that was not a one-week situation. I don't know how to scout teams when they play the Jets. I mean, the Jets are clearly in fire sale mill. They, they traded away Lev, or they released Lev Bell. They traded Jordan Willis to the 49ers. Steve McClendon was traded. Steve McClendon was traded uh, to the. He was traded to the Bucks. And instead of, like, flying, he got in his car that night and drove to Florida. That is uh, instructive to me on how quickly he wanted out of New York. But, uh, you know, more power to them. I hope the rebuild works. Um, I, I what The thing I don't like, Dan, and I don't want to hang on this forever. Oh, so we are talking about the Jets
4: that, then. No,
1: but three months from now, okay, all those ahead. Jets fans that, like, super supported, like Sam Darnold, are going to drop him by the side of the road to get... Trevor Lawrence. Like,
5: I just, like... We'll see. We have a lot of time to watch him play this year, too, which I think is...
1: I just want to see him put in a position to show us who he is. And, like, that's just, like, what's what's happening around... that's what Jets fans have been waiting
4: for for three years. And they've never had that opportunity. And what's more likely going to happen is it's going to not happen this year. And then you're going to be in a situation, Mark. Put yourself in the the shoes of uh, Jets management. Are you going to stick with darn old off 3 years of inconsistent play and some injuries uh and knowing you have to give him a second contract or are you going right. to have the number 1 overall pick and take this prospect that people think has hall of fame Not, ceiling
1: I I get it it's just like it it's just a stinks. pretty bad it's chapter It's
4: bad. It's bad, but that's that's where it is right now for this organization. All right. Josh Allen, you Greg, you've, you know, famously been up and down with Josh Allen. Do you think it's a, a slump hey, or do you hey, think Hey, by this the is way, Josh Allen
5: Give me a break. We all like, it's like, oh, everyone fill out the apology form. And uh, the, like the one week where we're like, hey, we, we got to take that L. This is a brand new Josh Allen. And then like the last two weeks, he's averaging 4.8 yards per attempt. I mean, you give me it. a break, Josh. Like I, it. It. I I I do and I don't. I actually don't think he's been as bad as the numbers show the last couple of weeks. I'm with Mark. He's so tough to take down. I, and he hasn't been as inaccurate as those numbers show. Uh, I'm not that worried. But I also thought the MVP talk was out um was was premature and that he's not going to be as consistent uh until proven otherwise as as a true top 5 or 6 type quarterback. So I'm not you as like worried it. though. I'm not that worried about the last two weeks.
4: You like it better when he's Josh Fallon Yes or no?
5: <laughs> I mean, I like that name. That was fun. It, it, <laughs> it is funny. Like none of none of the Bills fans like are now
4: re-apologizing back or asking for that. Yeah.
1: No, that that will not come quickly.
4: All right. It'll before be, we say goodbye, be. I want to get let's get uh, Ricky Hollywood in here, our wonderful producer. Who, first of all, congratulations! You got off the Schneid, the lock Schneid. You, you fearlessly locked Very up impressive. the team playing the Jets in Week Six. The <laughs> Dolphins <laughs> responded with a twenty-four to nil victory. We have instituted a new rule that is directly connected uh, to your pick this week, Greg. Do you want to let the uh, listeners? Oh wins? yeah, you're no longer allowed to pick ah. against the Jets. No one is.
2: Really? No, that's that's no fair. One.
4: Can't do that. You were the only one that did it uh, this year, and or, no one else will. Or, you know, else we have will. certain rules in terms of,
5: you know, whether a team is, you know, favored by a certain right. amount.
0: You've broken those score. rules, Erica You've broken them multiple as, times
5: You've got them wrong even yeah. when you broke the rules So we have we have learned when you're losing in sports You're you're someone that'll start breaking the rules
4: As Erica furiously scribbles out bills as her lock of the week What do you got, Ricky? <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, how about this? Okay, you guys forgot to mention this And maybe you did mention and I wasn't listening Possible. But, you know, John Gruden was the coach of the Raiders then he's the coach of the Bucks. He wins a Super Bowl with them. Then they fire him after a four-game losing streak. Mm-hmm. Takes 10 years off. Gruden goes back to the Raiders, okay? He will be the first coach in history, he's going to make NFL history, facing a team that he previously won a Super Bowl with as a head mm. coach. So I have a feeling that this is not just a Week 7 game for him. This is something even more important. It's a Super Bowl. So I think. Ooh, do we have be, a lockoff? Yeah, I think he's going to be. I think he's going to be pulling off all the stops. This game means more to him than I think other games. And yes, it's Tom Brady. Yes, this offense is on fire. But I think John Gruden is up this whole week. Can't sleep. Is she going to do it? Prepping for this game, and this isn't the Jets. This is the Oakland right, Raiders, well, and I'm going to lock them up. Well, it's actually
5: the Las Vegas
1: Raiders. Las Vegas. They Vegas. did move to Las Vegas, just to let you know, but I, I appreciate <laughs> the, the lock
5: here. Okay,
2: sorry, But they're sorry, located my in Las monologue. Vegas at this point. That, well, that's, you guys don't even give me one little thing. That's, no, that's, that's smart, good job, Ricky. Ricky. It's a lock-off. I took the lock.
5: Bucks earlier. and you know you're, It's a lock-off, baby. You're one in five. You're five games back right now. The only way to come back is me to get some wrong and you to get some right. So that that's a it's a smart way to attack me.
4: And think about this, Ricky. Think cool. about this, Greg. This means a lot to Greg. He doesn't like to let it be known because he likes to pretend nothing really matters. It doesn't.
5: I want to get rid, he rid of. He actually
4: gets part of his part of his salary at the NFL is he's the guy who picks the games. So he, he picked yep, right. the Bucks and now locked them up. For you to now come mm. in potentially win a lockoff would absolutely crush him, and that's that's exciting for you, I know.
1: And Erica, if you Yeah, I'm if,
2: I'm ecstatic.
1: If you not only you know, if you if, would have to start here by knocking off Greg, but if you were to come back in classic comeback fashion and win this entire thing, I will give you my child mm. Colton um, I will right. give him
5: okay. to you. <laughs> I think you're like two weeks from being mathematically eliminated, but it would be
4: impressive. It would be impressive. You,
2: <laughs> all I'm saying is, you guys are giving me crap for locking up. The yeah, that's that's a, that's a bold one. You that's want, that's bold. Bold.
4: That's do you want? A, do you want a? Do you want a seven year old boy?
2: Uh, yeah, sure.
4: <laughs> he's, he's he's had all one. of his shots. He's great. Yeah,
5: he's no, he's
4: healthy. He's all caught up with his vaccines and everything. Okay, good. Mm-hmm. All right, all caught up. Good stuff. Fun stuff enjoyed it we'll, tonight Greg and a mystery who, is, who are you going to do this show with tonight Greg we're going to have a
5: new uh, guest Steven Ruiz from USA Today for the win funny guy
1: right, there on Twitter <laughs> <laughs> look at this bring him in
4: give him a <laughs> shot All right, good. Uh, Greg and Steven Ruiz from For the Win will recap Thursday Night Football. We'll be back Sunday recapping every game we just previewed here, so make sure you come back and enjoy the flagship show. All right, Dan is signing off for Ricky Hollywood, the quiet storm, the old boss, and everyone else behind the scenes. Thank you, as always, till Sunday.